And then she like kind of took me by the by the shoulders and said, all right, hey, babe, I just need you to hang the curtains. Welcome to episode three of the Potentially Successful Podcast. I'm Jeff James, and this is my co-host, Baxter Rob. As always, we want you to join us as we pursue financial freedom, learn from our mistakes, and share our experiences with you. Last week, we talked about the importance of setting a why with your goals and how that can really determine how successful your goals end up being. Without a why, you're just aiming kind of nowhere. You're just trying to get better, which is not a bad pursuit in and of itself, but having a why anchors you down and continue when your willpower or your determination is lacking, that why can keep you going. It can say, this is where I want to get, or this is what I want to change. And I'm going to continue doing that. So, yeah, that's great. This week, we're going to take that big ambiguous why that kind of goal you have and funnel it down into actionable steps, right? So there's this quote that I love. It's, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your system. So basically, uh, that that tells me that the human will, the willpower is not enough to reach your goals. You need to build systems in your life that help you get there. So that's what we're talking about today. Bax, I've seen actually knowing you for the past two or three years, I've seen you um, kind of live this out. I've seen you go from a really big why or a really big desire to move forward in uh, financial freedom and real estate. And uh, especially in the last six months, really funnel that down into more specific uh, actionable goals. Can you can you take us through that? Yeah, I, I think for me, it started with Okay, it actually started even bigger than financial freedom. It was, okay, I want to set myself up, me and my wife, into a place that we can retire and retire comfortably. And, you know, the way that we started doing that was investing in in index funds. And we, we can talk about that on a different video. But that was my path of kind of setting aside money, having my money work for me. So that way I can have enough money to retire and live comfortably. Through doing that, I think I figured out that, you know, I didn't want to work forever. And that's where that financial freedom came, came into play. I I realized that, you know, I would like the option or the time freedom, as I mentioned before, and not even having, you know, a a large sum of money, but the, the freedom of my time to do different things. And so it became, okay, this index fund will get me to where I want to be in terms of retirement, but how can I get there a little bit faster? What can I do to accelerate that growth? Um, And so that's where the kind of my journey of financial freedom began. And I've, you know, over the last few years have researched a lot of different things. And you and I have even talked a lot of what are some different options of ways to pursue financial freedom and what I think is going to be best for me or what I'm most interested in at the moment is real estate. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen, I've seen through reading books and listening to other podcasts like bigger pockets or, or different things like that, that real estate can be really powerful that it can, you can grow your money. It can build into a business. So it could even be something that, Hey, not only can I get time freedom, it could be something that a business that I own and even provide jobs to other people and things, things like that. So there's a lot of potential there. And so over the last few years, what I've what I've done is kind of started at a research phase was trying to figure out, okay, I have this big goal of financial freedom. And I think the method in which I want to reach that goal is real estate. But then 
what does that mean, right? I can read all the books, I can listen to the podcasts, I can do anything, but if I'm not taking any action like we're going to be talking about today, then I'm really not getting towards my goal. It's all conceptual. And yeah. I was I was kind of working through that for a long time and this year have really solidified kind of where where I want to be and um my my goal is over the next 15 years I want to have $15,000 a month of passive income. So that way, and by passive income, I mean income that I don't have to trade my time for yeah. it. It's working for mm-hmm. me. It's something that yeah. I get regardless of if yeah. it works. Your assets are producing that, yeah. that income for you. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's my goal is $15,000. That'll be plenty for, for Holly and I to live off of at this stage in our life and even planning for future stages. Um, but um, so kind of identifying that of, okay, $15,000 a month, and then what is it going to take to get there? So that's my 15 year goals, which is still really far out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of breaking it down, you know, or what, it, what do I need to do maybe in five years or this year and starting to break that down. So I would say my one year goal this year, at least in terms of real estate would be to buy my first investment property. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is this one year goal. This is what I'm focused on. I've taken it. Okay. If I can start with one property, if I can start with one piece to the puzzle, um, then I can start building up to that 15 year goal. And even with that, you know, if I think about all that it takes and all that I've learned about what it, what it takes to buy a single property, um, even that can be overwhelming. You know, you, you think about stuff that it, um, those different steps, there's financing, there's finding the right deal. Cause not every home may make me money or maybe a good investment. Um, there is, you know, finding the right location. Um, and then once you've maybe acquired the deal, it's okay. If I'm going to rent this out to have other people pay me for it, I have to learn how to become a landlord and manage tenants and what it looks like to ride a lease and think, you know, so there's all of these steps. And so even, even having a, a defined one year goal is, can still be overwhelming. And it is to me sometimes I'm like, shoot, okay, this is a large investment of money or, I don't know. There's, you know, maybe I know 40% of it, but there's 60% that's still unknown that I'll figure out along the way. And so, um, what I've done from that is even get, I've done two things, get more specific on that goal. And so it's not just, I want to buy a property, right? Because that could range from buy another single family home in the neighborhood that we live in, or it could be buy a hundred unit apartment complex. I'm not, I'm not ready for a hundred unit apartment complex. So what I'm looking for is something that is one to four units that will cash flow me. And by cash flow, I mean, it will earn me $500 a month over all of the expenses. And from that, it will also be a 10% return on my investment. So whatever money I earn each year I will earn 10% or sorry, whatever money I invest each year, I'll earn 10% back on that. So if I invested, you know, $10,000, I would need to earn a thousand dollars of cash flow each year for that to be a 10% return. And some of those rules I put into place. So that way I'm investing in a property that's going to potentially earn me that money. And then, so that's a little bit more specific. So now I've kind of honed in, okay, now this is where I start looking into those goals. And then 
what I've done to break it down even further is because it's still a long ways out and there's a there's a quite a long process for buying that home is okay, what do I need to be doing each week to be working towards that? And what I've identified for myself is if I can be analyzing five deals a week um, or more, that will give me the enough kind of focus on real estate, but also it will give me enough like um, analysis and looking at deals that uh, across this entire year, if there's 52 weeks this year, if I'm doing five a week, I'll have analyzed a lot of deals over the course of this year. And, um, you know, I can find one that will work within those parameters that we can afford that will make sense Mm -hmm. for us. I, I really see that as you turning your why into what and how, right? And I love that your goal is to have that time freedom. I think that's the measure of wealth that both of us are going for here. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's awesome to see, okay, you want to retire. You want to be able to maybe even retire early, live comfortably with your wife, have passive income to the point where you have the time and the money to live how you want, um, where you want. Yeah. Just, yeah, all of that becomes... It's an open world for you and your wife as soon as you get that time freedom, right, and that financial freedom. So um, I think what would be awesome is um, the kind of the roadmap that we use to to take our why and turn it into a what and a how is something called SMART goals. And this is a concept that's been around for a long time, uh, but it's something that we use um, at this point. We kind of use it, and we kind of it's kind of ingrained in our heads to make them. Uh, actionable steps, make our, make our whys into actionable steps. And so I'm going to go through these goals and, and we're going to pick apart Baxter's story, what he just said here, and try to identify where he may have turned his why and successfully funnel it down into more of an actionable sure. step. So SMART goals stand for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. The S in SMART is for specific. The idea is to make your goals as specific as possible so you know what your goal is, right? It's not a big, ambiguous, a uh, big, ambiguous why. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, for me, I, I mentioned it before was, you know, even the idea of buying a single prop- property to get towards my goal of financial freedom is, is a step down. It's more specific. It's one property, but it's not specific enough. As I mentioned before, uh, one property could be a small home or it could be a huge apartment complex. And so finding out what is specific to your goal. And that can be something that you copy from, from somebody else. You, you hear something that maybe we say, or from another podcast or book. I know that's something you and I do all the time is the best way is to learn from other people, but make sure that even through that, you have the lens of, okay, make this specific to me and make sure that this goal that I'm setting is a specific goal. So, you know, the example I gave was it had specific parameters. It was a property that is one to four units, so nothing bigger than four units. And it had $500 a month of cash flow and a 10% year over year return on that investment. And so for me, that would constitute a good first property. So something that might have less cash flow may not meet that. And so therefore that wouldn't be aligned with Mm. that goal. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Hey, just as a little disclaimer, we're going to be talking about real estate here because that's what we're interested in. And that's the, the, the medium that we've decided that we want to pursue financial freedom with. But for you, for the listener, these smart goals and really anything we talk about on this podcast 
it's not only for the people interested in real estate. You can take these concepts and you can apply them to your life and to your goals and to your pursuit of financial freedom. So yeah, let's jump into the next one. The M in SMART is for measurable, right? You want to be able to um, pick apart your goal and know, okay, which parts of these can I actually measure and track over time? Baxter, you want to take us into that? Yeah, so for for me, again, measurable, um, I'll, I'll talk about it in the, the two goals that I mentioned was the measurable piece is, you know, did essentially this one is kind of a yes or no. Did I buy the property or not? But for the other one um, that I mentioned of my weekly goal of analyzing five deals, I think that's a better measurable goal yeah. because I can measure how many times am I doing it? Am I on track to meet my larger goal? And um, that's better or better. The measurable piece kind of ties with specific but that's better than just say analyze deals. Like I want to analyze and I could even a specific goal might be I could analyze. I want to analyze the one to four unit deals and that would be a specific goal, but without it being measurable, how do I know if I've met that or not? Like is one really enough? And so adding that piece of five, a number to it, you know, having a quantitative piece to it allows me to say, yes, I'm measuring the level that I'm pursuing. So maybe, you know, I only did one or two this week and 10 next week. So I, I have that on that scale. I can measure yeah, if I'm meeting those goals. So. Yeah. You, you mentioned that measurable and specific, uh, kind of, kind of mesh well together. I think all, all five of the attributes that we're going to go over, they, they do mesh well together, but it, it, um, they're separated out in a way that, um, one word couldn't describe all of them, right? But all of them do overlap sure. to, to some degree. Yeah. Um, but I do like what you said that the, the bigger goal of buying a house, it's measurable in the fact it's yes or no, right? Yeah. Did, did, did you buy it, right? And the, the sub goal or the sub action step that you've created of, okay, how do I get there is looking at uh, five houses a week or looking at many houses a week and deciding to analyze five of them. Yeah. Right. And the helpful thing about measuring your goals is it, it tells you when you should either take a step back or, you know, press on the gas a little bit. Right. So like if you've for some reason found that you have more time in your day or more time in your week on average, and you're saying five is you know barely cutting it. It's like, I have the time to do 10, 15, yeah, then sure. why not? Right. And it doesn't even have to be a, a, a constant you know, I'm, I'm now doing 15. That's my goal. It can just be, Hey, this week, I know I have more time. Let me, let me build in some time to my schedule to look at more, more deals or more properties to analyze, yeah. to see if they kind of fit my, my goal. So the A in smart goal stands for attainable. And the idea there is that you are setting your goals just far enough to motivate you and be able to actually be reachable but not so far enough that you are so scared and will fail immediately upon even starting to go for it. Bax, you want to explain? Yeah, I think I think for mine, to use the two same examples, were I, I mentioned that th there's a big difference between a, a small single-family home and a big apartment complex. For me, an apartment complex is my first investment is not attainable. And so that's where I got more specific to a attainable goal. And then... On the other side of what I'm doing weekly, analyzing five deals to start because I don't have a property yet, is because of the other things that I'm doing with work and time with family and just other stuff going on in my life, doing 20 to 25 deals, uh, analyzing that a week isn't attainable for me either. And so that's where the kind of the scale and the scope 
of that goal came in came into play and I, I said okay I think five is enough to keep me on track keep me motivated I'll have to reach for that a little bit but it is not something that is completely out of reach so yeah all right the R in smart stands for relevant yeah so for relevant for me means staying on track with real estate you know if I if I try to set a goal that was not in line with my goal of purchasing a property this year or even breaking it down of doing something weekly that may be good, but isn't a relevant to my specific goal. That's kind of the key of the relevant, having it align with your larger goals and make sure yeah. you're on track to meet them. For sure. I really like relevant because for me, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, meaning I, I get interested in way too many things over the course of my lifetime. And, um, I think for me, like music, right? Music is one of those things that I man, I would love to pour time into. I would love to learn more. I would love to produce music. I would love to put music out. But if I look at the, you know, kind of my overarching life goals, is music relevant mm-hmm. to getting to where I want to get at, you know, by the time that I want my wife and I to get there? And the the word relevant in the smart goals concept has really helped me cull that out, take that out of my my existing or my my in the now goals. Because hey, maybe fifteen years from now when I have that time freedom, that's what I spend my time on, right? But right now it's like, hey, that's a good thing. It's an awesome thing to spend time towards. But if I want to be effective in my goal setting and reaching those goals, music can't be an actionable step, right? It's not a relevant goal yeah. to my overarching goal of time freedom in my life. So yeah, the key there again is kind of that focused effort aligning with your larger goals. Not to say that music in your case is bad or a bad endeavor. It, it just may not be the time or place for that because it's not relevant to your specific goal at the moment. Exactly. Exactly. All right. The last uh, letter in smart goals concept is T T for time bound. Yeah. So for time bound, this one's a little bit more straightforward. It's attaching some sort of, you know, measurement or uh, in this case, a time measurement to that goal. And so for me, you know, I mentioned five, uh, analyzing five deals a week. And so I think a week is a really great time bound kind of restriction. Um, when you're, when we're talking about breaking stuff down into actionable steps, I think a year goal is a great one too. Some people like monthly or even daily. So any of those are are great. I think a week is really good because things fluctuate, life happens. So you're going to need to adjust and kind of do things on the fly, but it's not so far into the future where you're, where it's not quite, it doesn't seem as attainable. It doesn't seem as actionable as, okay, this week I'm going to focus on this one step. I'm going to focus on analyzing five deals in in my case. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and one thing to be aware of with time bound is you every, for every, you know, length of time that you make a goal, uh, within that, uh, those goals also need to be smart. Right. So, so if you make a daily goal, it can't be this huge unattainable thing that you're supposed to do in a, in a day, every day, right? Same thing for a week, same thing for a month, quarterly, yearly, and beyond. Uh, the goals and the steps and the sub-steps of those goals need to be uh, both time-bound and relevant and attainable um, within those time frames that you've allotted. And they hopefully should be a ladder that help you, that helps you take steps toward the bigger uh, you know, categories of goals that you've set up for yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
now that we've laid this out, this, the smart goals concept, how do we actually take action, right? How do we not just flounder? How do we, um, actually move forward on the things that we've set up? So conceptually it all makes sense, but how do we, you know, take the next step? How do we actually do that? Um, so there is for me, this, this thing that I heard recently that, Oh, it resounded so clearly because for my personality type, uh, it just it just really made sense that the, the phrase I heard was perfectionism stifles growth. And what that meant to me was the goals you set, if the goal is to hit the goal and do it perfectly the whole way, hey, you might be able to do that. Uh, it might take you four lifetimes to get there, but hey, go for it. And without realizing that's how I was approaching life. I wanted to do all the research, do all the planning and figure out all the mistakes that were possible to be made before I made them, right? Instead of using mistakes and accepting them as a normal part of the goal achieving process, right? Um, what was that? Uh, what was that example that you, I think, told me, I think it was a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago yeah. of, of hanging the curtains. Yeah, you, yeah. you and your wife were talking about what to do about hanging curtains. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We, uh, so Joanna and I wanted to redo our master bedroom and she wanted to paint it a new color. Um, and she wanted to like, yeah, just fix cosmetically some of the things that were going on in, in the bedroom. Um, as soon as, you know, so I'm kind of new to, to DIY, do it yourselfing, that kind of thing. Um, as soon as she started bringing up these project ideas, I started thinking, okay, so we probably need to get this drywall fixed here. Need to bring somebody in for that. Need to move this outlet or repair it. Need to fix. We have a light switch that I don't even know what it does in our room. And it's like, okay, we need to fix that too. And then she like kind of took me by the, by the shoulders and said, all right, Hey babe, I just need you to hang the curtains. And in that moment it kind of clicked. It was like, okay, okay, okay. This is me kind of in a nutshell, right? My yeah. perfectionism trying to figure out, okay, what's the best way to get this room done to the best level? And it's like, okay, wait, that's not what the goal is here, right? I just want a more refreshing color, right? We took it from a, a dingy gray to like a creamy bright white. Um, and, it, and it's awesome, right? But all we had to do was paint the room mm-hmm. and then we hung some curtains. Um, but if we took it as far as I was going with, you know, bringing in the professionals to, to do X, yeah, Y, and Z, yeah we probably still would be in the planning phase months later, right? So yeah, that's that's that, that whole concept of perfectionism stifles growth. So in your goal setting process and in your achieving process, those actionable steps, you have to be able to accept mistakes as part of the process. Yeah, so Jeff, you mentioned research and learning. I think one way that I've seen, you know, that perfectionism in myself of wanting to, not pursue something until I understand it completely, or maybe even use that as a a kind of a crutch to, um, because I'm afraid to start working is in that research and development uh, phase of kind of learning something new. So for like real estate for myself, it's not something that I've been exposed to a ton outside of buying my own home. And so there has been a lot of research and learning and listening to podcasts and reading books. But I think you can get stuck there, right? You can get stuck in thinking that you're taking action when you need to take more action. You need to do something rather than just learn something. Now, learning can be really important. And if your goal is is aligned with acquiring more knowledge or learning a new language or something like that, 
that that is a little bit more aligned. But for something like real estate, in my case, that takes more action or takes doing something, buying a home or making an offer or analyzing deals is you have to start somewhere. I'm not going to know it all. I'm not going to be able to understand every caveat because I've never done it before. And, and sometimes the best learning is from making mistakes and, and doing that and not getting caught up with this idea of, I want to be perfect. You know, we mentioned even earlier in this podcast of copying other people's ideas is great, but not to the extent of which you're trying to learn everybody's ideas and before you get started. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think, um, the people who have a success on the first try, that's mostly due to luck. Honestly, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, it's the things align, uh, the stars aligned and everything just seemed to work out. But the person who fails a hundred times and then achieves, uh, then achieves success, uh, has a success out of the whole scenario, but also has a hundred things they know absolutely does not work. Mm-hmm. Right. So who, who actually came out on top with more knowledge, more understanding of how the framework of what they were trying to achieve actually works. Sure. Right. So I think, um, yeah, getting rid of perfectionism and actually embracing mistakes as part of the learning process really, really helps you to be able to take a step forward. Right. And, and do so confidently knowing that whether it's a success or a failure that comes out of this step, Either way, you've learned something and you've been able to move forward. No, I really like that. I like that you brought up failures and how learning from that is is really important and how really making adjustments is going to be the key to goal setting anyway to, to say, this is my original thought, um, but maybe that was off. Maybe my original goal wasn't quite far enough or it was too ambitious, not attainable, and being able to adjust from that or learning from something that didn't work out, that failure. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week is making adjustments, learning how to change either the method in which you're pursuing goals or the goal itself and understand that's a part of goal setting and that you may not get it right every time on, on the first one. So um, yeah, make sure you join us next week. We want to leave you off with a an action step. So last week, our action step was to write down some things that you want to change in your life or maybe a why behind your goals. And so this week, either take your big goal that you've come up with or maybe this idea of I want to change this about my life and, and now write down, okay, what can I do this week? Um, what can I be doing every week to be making progress towards that goal? Or towards my large why in the end. Yep. That's awesome. Hey, well, that's our show. If you've learned anything today, we'd love for you to share with a friend. If you have any big takeaway, comment on the podcast, comment on the YouTube channel. We'd love to hear what you have to say. This is episode three of the Potentially Successful Podcast.